Enjoy fun adventures as you sail away together and experience the extraordinary marriage you desire. Join us in April 2025 for the Six Pillars at Sea Marriage Getaway. Yes, we are taking Six Pillars cruising and we want you to join us. Get all the details at oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash getaway. Use promo code SHIPSAHOY to get $500 off your registration today. We'll see you there. Episode 111, High Desire, Low Desire. What are you? Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And we are back after a week of dealing with illness that was hitting each one of us about every 48 hours. and Except for me. Eh, you were feeling a little run down by the end of the week. I, I was, yes. I was feeling run down, but I didn't get sick. You didn't get sick. Way to, way to stay strong. Stay strong. Um, we missed you guys last week, and... It we was did not for lack of trying, just um, just so much was going on and just busyness. Well, it, and, and, and sickness. Yeah, but I mean, it, it, we've had some pretty busy weeks, and I, I think I'd like to touch off and start the podcast off with, you know, I think in the last two weeks, Elise and I have had sex once or twice, twice. Okay, but let's let's also add in the caveat there that I did have my period, so that takes a week. Right. And, and we had like the day before my period. And then there was a week that you had your period, and then there was like a week about with kids being sick and everything. Yeah, we still made it happen. But we weren't on our schedule. Well, <laughs> we did it around the period. Just, just as an FYI, it, it was. It just seems longer, but... Wow. We we still fit in, yeah. See how the see how my brain is working, folks. I feel like it's been forever. <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa's like, no, 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 like, no. We, got, we got we've been doing out. it like, fine. We didn't we didn't miss our intimacy lifestyle. We, we didn't miss it. See, we, we missed one section. Of, we missed one section of it, but that's going to happen anytime I have my period. And that's why we're talking about high desire, low desire this week. <laughs> Me being the high desire spouse, and Elisa being the low desire spouse. Yeah, we're, we're good. We're, we're, we're good. good. You, she, you missed one three-day window. Okay. Wow. I, I feel like I've missed a lot more. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Perhaps you should keep you know your calendar, and that way you can keep track, and you'll know that we're right on track. <laughs> <laughs> my calendar's in my head, and I'm trying to keep track that way, but it has been busy around uh-huh. our house with ball games, church stuff that we've been doing, and you guys know this. We we talk a lot about, hey, there are times when things are on your plate. And this is what happens when there's a lot of things on our plates. You know, for me, anyways, even being desiring Elisa, there's so much going on around that, man, I, I, I'm tired out too and missing you know, the connection that we've had. We got it back today, and I and then actually a couple of days ago, we could just sense it was everybody started getting healed and well, and we're just like, oh, okay, let's get back into what we know, what we got to be doing, and wipe some things off our plate. Our small group ended on Sunday, yes, sir. Yeah. which was a fantastic small group. If, if you guys haven't checked out Not a Fan, 
please do. I mean, it is just a fantastic series, and I think it will touch you in some way or other. It will definitely challenge you um, yes. wherever you are in your walk with Christ. And, and it's one of those studies that you don't even realize, I think, that it's touching you. Mm-hmm. You just find yourself thinking about the material, and you're like, oh, oh, maybe I should change my decisions here, or maybe I should do this. And, and you know, it, it will, um, in some instances, kind of, you know, slap you in the face and give you that big wake-up call. And in other instances, you know, I just know from hearing the discussions around the tables um, with this group that we were leading, we ended up, I think, with probably about 40 people. We started mm-hmm. with about 60, ended up with about 40, which um, is about right for a group. And... You know, just one of those things where it was wonderful to see the friendships made as people were really being truthful and taking off their masks and saying, you know what, what does it mean to be a follower? Mm-hmm. And I know some of you, uh, because we've heard from you, have gone through this series and have loved it and just you know, been amazed and overwhelmed at what it's done in your life. And um, You know what we'll do? We'll link up their Facebook fan page because what they plan on yes. doing is that once they hit 40,000 likes on Facebook, they're going to show each episode once a week. So there's like six episodes mm-hmm. and they're going to put them up for free. Where usually if you wanted to just download it or view it for a day, it's like $1.99 or if you could buy it on Amazon, whatever. I'll put a link to their book on Amazon and all that stuff and as well. And they're close. I mean, they're within, um, I think, 800 fans. Yeah. When I was looking at earlier um, of hitting that number. And so, you know, if actually if all of our... If all of our one listeners, listeners yeah, one of our Easily. one Facebook fans actually clicked over and liked their page, that would be enough to make a difference. Mm-hmm. So it, it's just killer. Something something to look at if you're if you're interested for sure, you know. But let's let's jump into what we're going to be talking about this week, which is high desire, low desire when it comes to sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. which is the big one. And we're going to talk about some other stuff too. But let's talk about the high desire, low desire about ourselves when it comes to our sexual intimacy. And the reason we're bringing this up is because we've heard so many people over the years going, well, I'm the high desire spouse. And it may be a wife. you know, And it's like, my husband isn't. Or it comes from the other angle. Like in our marriage, I'm the high desire spouse. And Elisa is a low desire spouse. I was fortunate to talk to my good buddy, Dr. Corey Allen, who referred me to a book called Intimacy and Desire by Dr. David Shinarsh. We're, we're going to put his... Uh, I'll, I'll put a link to his yeah. book. And this is a big old fat book. So like when you get it, it's, it's probably four or 500 pages and it looks really intimidating for an intimacy and you know marriage type book. Picked it up though and got to say the first chapter just hit it for me it was just it, it's first of all it's an easy read yeah it in, really in terms was of, it, it's more of a conversational style than a textbook style which when you see a book this large um written by somebody that's got doctor at the beginning of their name you kind of think oh boy i'm gonna be what am i falling for? asleep in you know this a is page be, yeah and so Tony started reading it and he's like, I really think you need to read this. It, it, it's giving insights into our marriage. And I thought, okay, do I want those insights? <laughs> do I want this? And, you know, he, t- he starts off. Not me. Yes, the author. 
Dr. David. We're going to call him Dr. David, so I don't butcher his last name. You know, talking about the fact that in every relationship, there is a high desire individual and a low desire individual, whether it's getting the kitchen cleaned after dinner or having sex in your bedroom. Yeah, let's stick with the sex for now. And then we're we'll we're talk going to, that. but I just want to say that, yeah. that this this desire does not, you know, we're not just talking about sex. We are going to talk about sexual desire, but this can be applicable to any relationship. Yeah. And so when you start thinking about it in terms of the fact that it pertains to all relationships, you know, being a low desire person is not necessarily a negative. It's just a state of being. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, well, you know, you're because I am the low desire spouse. And there have been times where I'm like, you know, that can make you feel inadequate. That can make you feel like, oh, you know, I'm not doing enough or I should be doing more or or why can't I raise that? Desire? And it's just, you know, like he says in the book, he was talking about this couple where um, the husband was the high desire spouse and the wife was the low desire spouse. And the husband starts, you know, well, you know, I want to change her. And he's like, you can't it just it it just is and you can make yourself crazy about it mm-hmm. or you can work within the confines of what that means and i thought okay because one of the things that he points out and it's absolutely true and those of you who have been married for you know more than 24 hours will know this you are are limited to intimacy based on the low desire spouse, sexual activity based on the low desire spouse. Yeah, the low desire spouse controls sex. Whether they want to or not. And sometimes it's a burden. And that was, you know, that was true too because, you know what, there are times when I wish that I was like, woo, let's do it 10 times in a week. Um, Woo, I'd be all over it. (laughs) But that's just not me. Like, I I, I just... Dude, two times in a day for you is like, eh. Because we did it, what was it, last week or something? One time in the morning or whenever it was. We did it, we did it in the morning. And I'm like, hey, we're still sort of awake this evening. Kids are already asleep. And you're like, I'm going to read my book. <laughs> See, it was last week. Look, you just said it. We did have sex last week. Okay. All right, gotcha. All right. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but one of the things I like about his approach is that your level of desire is not... It's not a fault or a flaw, whether you're the high desire spouse, you know, right. it's not like, it's not like Tony's this crazy sex fiend that just, you know, has to have sex all the time. It, that's not, it's not a problem that he's the high desire spouse, just like it's not a problem that I'm the low desire spouse. Right. These are just facts. And, and you know, as he starts in the beginning of the book, what makes your marriage is how you handle those facts and how you work within that to build your marriage instead of letting those facts destroy your marriage. Right. Which is where I think many of you feel like you're trapped at times because as a low desire spouse, you feel like, gosh, I'm not adequate. And as a high desire spouse, you may be feeling like, gosh, I'm just, I can't get enough. Well, and then the question also becomes, why doesn't he or she want it more? I mean, if we're in love and we're married and, you know, why don't they want to have, you know, in my case, why don't I want to have sex twice a day? That's just not where I am. Right. 
You know, do I enjoy having sex with Tony? Absolutely. Yes, you do. <laughs> In case you guys were wondering. Um, but for me to have, you know, when we do our challenge, there's a reason we pick a certain week of the month for our sex challenge because that is the week out of the month based on my hormones and everything else mm-hmm. that I am in my high desire state. We right. know that there is one month a month, one week a month where hormonally I'm just at an elevated level. Uh, right. And I, you know, and that's, that's really cool that you asked that because I asked on Facebook, you know, low desire or high desire, which are you? And, you know, right off the bat, Karina, high, Julie, low post baby, nine months. Understand Justin, does your meter go up to 11? I would say it probably goes, if, if you're on a one to 10, you're, you're above. So that's cool. Um, Ashley, high always. My husband, low always. Justin piped in again and says, Aaron says I'm higher than 11. Deanna says, depends on my cycle. And so I bring these up because I want you guys to know that no matter if you're the high or the low, this is happening in every relationship we look at. And it's been interesting to me to start talking to some guys lately and hearing what they're saying and, I, and, I'm, and I'm listening and I'm gauging. And if, and if it turns into a sexual intimacy discussion, I can understand and, and sort of help them through sort of that low high desire or at least even give them tidbits and, and refer them over to Dr. David's book. Absolutely. I mean, and you know, I think it's, it's something that Tony and I have been aware of for a number of years now, having done the podcasts and talked with many of you. Um, but I appreciate Dr. David's approach to this. You know, we, we've picked up on the fact, you know, through your emails and through, through the conversations that, there is always somebody that's desiring sex more than the other. Than the other, and and often many of your emails do come back to issues of sexual intimacy, mm-hmm. which we expect because that's what we talk about. Right. But having his take on why that is and how that is um, changes our perspective, you know, in our own marriage. And we hope as we share this book and insights from this book, and we won't, probably won't be talking about just this one time um, yeah, it, because it, we just started reading it. Yeah, it's 400 plus pages. Yeah, give, give us a little bit of time here with everything else we've got going on. But you know, I hope it gives you the opportunity to look at your own marriage and say, okay, you know what? This is not... I'm going to back up for a second. If you are in situations where there is sexual addiction where there has been sexual abuse in the past and there, there are these other issues right. that you are dealing with, what we're talking about is not going to necessarily apply. And I do want to say that because I don't want somebody saying, well, you know what, we are dealing with sexual addiction. And so, you know, my wife or husband is oversexed. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother issue. That needs to be treated you need to be working on that. Yes. You, you got to get free of those before you can start working on other aspects. Right. Because so, that taints. In, in, uh, yeah, it, it taints the marriage. Uh, yeah. 
And so I, I do want to, before we go further in the conversation, I just want to make sure that we've addressed the fact that there are those issues that would lead to high or low desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are even some medical issues. But we're talking about in the absence of that medical issues or you know sexual abuse, that type of stuff, you guys are going along in your marriage. And, you know, and desire, you know, it can flip-flop. Too, you know, you can have somebody where at the beginning of the marriage they're the high desire person, and then over time they become the low desire person. Mm-hmm. Or you know, there's there are stressors going on in life that impact that. You know, so there are a, a lot of times desire can be situational mm-hmm. in terms of what's going on in life. I mean, think about the woman that's just had a baby, and. You know, I mean, we had the the one comment, you know, nine months postpartum and, you know, low desire until I get that you're fatigued. You've got this little one that is very needy just because of their age. It's amazing that you, you know, you are going to have to put forth a little more effort there. A- right. And husband's got to be a little more understanding because of the demands on your body physically. Yeah, especially if the husband is a high desired spouse. Exactly. So that's a situational thing. Mm-hmm. You know, job-related stressors that can impact desire. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of that going on these days. Economic stressors, you know, other family pressures. So you, you take this all into account. And you're like, oh, hold on a second. This whole desire issue, that just kind of puts us into the normal realm. Right. I think the big thing is, too, is now that it opens up your eyes and you're going, wait a minute. Okay, I see this. The conversation has to start. Mm-hmm. This is where, okay, you realize you're normal because one spouse is high, one spouse is low. Okay, now the conversations have to start. Again, I'd say pick up this book and both of you read it. If you, I mean, you can get them cheap, you know, get them used on Amazon. Again, I'll put a link to it. But start going through it and start talking about your where you are. You know, you probably already know which of you is high and which of you is low. Probably isn't going to be hard to determine that, but it's working through that together so that the, the both of you can have the sexual intimacy you desire, <laughs> that you want to have. Because Elisa, even as a low-desire spouse, wants to enjoy sex. And me as a high-desire spouse... I still want to enjoy sex. I don't want her to feel like she's doing this just for me because that makes it no fun for me. Well, and that, and part of what we've created with our intimacy lifestyle does play into that Mm -hmm. in the sense that because I am the low desire spouse, having those days where I have to initiate causes me to step up. Mm-hmm. because we had, you know, because I've always been the low desire spouse. You know, you guys, have, those of you that have listened for a while, know that early on in our marriage, I was content to just sit back and wait for Tony. You know, I mean, if he wanted to go a couple weeks without, okay, no big deal. But- and honestly, I would sometimes just huff and puff and wait. I remember times sitting in bed going, I am not going to initiate. I'm not. I'm going to see how long it will take my wife to notice me and jump me. No kidding. I would just lie there in bed. I would wear 
no clothes. I would come to bed fully clothed. I would make, I would make comments. I would make remarks throughout the day. I would try everything. And then I would just lie there in bed and go, I am not going to do this until it got to the point where I was so fed up and so frustrated that she wouldn't do anything that I would make the move. And then afterwards, I'd feel like, oh, uh, shoot, I had to go do this again. And did she really enjoy it? I, I can't even tell if she enjoyed it. You know, and was it, did she just do it for me? Was she faking it? And so I would have this whole complex going on and being built up because I wanted her to so badly enjoy the experience with me. And I just never felt that. I just never got that sense that she really, really enjoyed it and wanted me. And so for many years, I mean, I would struggle with this. Just, gosh, you know, go through it. I mean, like she said, I would, you know, get so frustrated and finally just be like, I'm about to explode, so I might as well do something because she's definitely not going to. Elisa wears a, a night guard because of her teeth. She, she grinds her teeth and it drives me nuts and it's bad for her teeth. So there's something we, we always say. <laughs> when, when I know Elisa doesn't want to have sex, she'll come out of the bathroom and she'll click in before she even gets to bed. So I know on those nights that sex is off the table. Yeah, we call it my click in. <laughs> yep. I'm like, did you already click in? But years ago, it was just a struggle for me as a high desired spouse and not understanding all of this that we talk about now. Um, so be understanding for those of you who are low desire. You may be looking at your spouse going, well, geez, they're just rearing to go all the time. There's frustrations going on. There are. You may be looking at them or her just going, oh, all they want is sex and this and that. You know, as a high desire spouse, you're just, <laughs> sorry, I'm trying to be serious. Our daughter, we, we've been having, I'm going to just say this real quick. I mean, we've been struggling with Abby at times. Just, we're, we're, we've just been really brain for that, that child. We love her, but you know, we're just, we've been struggling. And I think, I think, and I know, uh, Elise and I come to the point that there's a big, uh, both of the children have been just stressed out about us moving. And a big part of it is because this is a short sale, Lisa and I don't know where we're going to move yet. And we don't know when we don't know when. So this isn't a, Hey, we're going to move on this date. We finally figured this out. And just right now though, the reason we're laughing is because we've had a heck of a week last week is one of the reasons we didn't podcast last week is because we were just so beat up emotionally and just fatigued physically from dealing with both of our kids. But right now, She's in her room, and I'm not kidding. She is screaming at the top of her she's lungs singing, it's in song. Scream. No, in song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's it, just belting it out. Yeah, she's just belting it out. Like, there's no tomorrow. It's 835 here. She's, <laughs> been, she's been doing this singing for about 25 minutes now. Yeah, and I mean, she's just belting it out, so we're, we're, we're sort of chuckling because what a difference it's been. And another thing, just bring that up. You know, when kids are having their issues... 
my goodness, does it put a damper on our sexual intimacy. It really puts a lot of burden on both both parents, on both spouses. So Lisa's over here just laughing. And last and last week we couldn't even podcast because we're um, just we're drained. Last week we were drained. I mean to the point where we were, you know, taking her to doctors to figure out what's going on with this child. Something is seriously wrong with her and um God bless her pediatrician, you know, and this is a total aside, but you know, you never know how God orchestrates things and it was one of those deals where I was able to get an appointment like the next day, um, which doesn't seem to ever happen. Yeah. And then we got an eleven forty five appointment, which I hate scheduling appointments to take my kids out of school. But I said, you know what? This is so critical in her life right now because we're not sure what's going on. Let's take that appointment. Well, it ended up being very fortuitous because it was the last appointment of the morning. And so her doctor spent probably close to an hour mm-hmm. talking to her and talking through what's going on and giving her suggestions and giving us suggestions. And, um, you know, we've just kind of seen her come out of this in the last couple of days. And so it is... Um, it is truly a blessing to be able to sit here, even though we're trying to podcast and be focused on the material, um, to just hear her be so happy because we know she's happy when she's singing, mm-hmm. and she is just she's, she's just happy. Like Elisa said, she's just belting it out. So. so we'll come back to the topic now, <laughs> but you know, you guys know when you've got kids um, and something's going on with them, like Tony said, it, it impacts your desire, and because we care so much for our children you know you become singularly focused if they're in crisis on what to do but as a result of that you know when we talk about what our week was like last week Tony and I were you know sharing a bed and that was and not even every night that was the case because somebody was either sick or somebody was having nightmares or yeah you know and so you you find yourself where you're both kind of low desire and apparently our other one is still up too. Um, Jeez. All right. Welcome back to the One Extraordinary Marriage podcast where we <laughs> podcast with our children up and around and um, Gets a little carry more on difficult. the conversation. Yeah. The thing to take away from this week though is that as you're listening to the show and you're saying, okay, you know, I identify with high desire or I identify with low desire start having those conversations with each other, not the accusatory, well, you're the low desire spouse or you're the high desire spouse. The, you know, I was thinking about the podcast this week, you know, listening to Tony and Lisa, and hopefully you both are listening to us um, so that you can, you know, share that. And it's not just you coming home with, Hey, listen, Tony and Lisa on the way to work today. Um, But look at it in another sense too. So we talked about in the sexual sense, because that's where most of us get frustrated in our marriages, right? I'm the high desire spouse. I want sex. She's a low desire spouse. This is in our marriage. She's a low desire spouse. She doesn't. It frustrates me. But let's look at other areas of our marriage Mm -hmm. and other things that happen around the house. And Elisa and I have been talking about this and we're going, okay, well, where for Elisa, where is she a high desire in something else? And where am I low desire? And it was interesting because I'm high desire on almost everything, I think. Elisa, on the other hand, is low desire. For instance, let's just dishes. For Elisa, the dishes could sit there. 
It's a low desire to Elisa. Cooking would be a high desire, I think, for Elisa. She enjoys it. That's she wants to make sure that food is prepared, that there's food on the table. You know, she, that's a high desire for me. Eh, you know, if it's if it's me in here with the kids, I, I'm sort of like, okay, let's make this as easy as possible. So we're starting to identify some of these other areas: laundry, you know, chores around the house. Where it really becomes a problem is when we both become low, low desire. <laughs> so, <laughs> for for instance. I take on the dishes, but I do the dishes mainly because I see it as a way to serve Elisa. It is a way that I can serve my spouse. It's a nice payback after making dinner. Right. But I'm still a low desire when it comes to dishes. It's not like I have to have it done. So we become low, low. So if neither of us do it, then the dishes are going to just pile up. I do it as being a servant lover. And I have done that for many years. Mm-hmm. Again, that was after becoming very frustrated with what was happening, which was it was never getting done and I would get frustrated at Lisa. So instead of just being frustrated at Lisa, I just picked it up and just started doing it. But now that we're learning this and finding out our desires in different areas, we are low, low at times. Mm-hmm. You know, so look, in, look at your marriage in other areas, you know. Is your is your husband per se? Maybe he might be low desire when it comes to sexual intimacy, but he's a high desire when it comes to the garden. Right. You know, making sure it's all manicured and trimmed and looking great for you. It's a low desire. You're like, what? Who cares? You, you know, it can go another week, but you'll start to see in different areas where each of you may flip flop. Or you may be something like ours where I'm typically the high-desired spouse and Elisa's typically the low-desired spouse. Yeah, I mean, there are just a lot of things that I can that I can live with um, and I'm very content with where I am. And, and you know, Tony is out changing the world. Um, <laughs> trying. Trying to. But, but it is one of those things when you have that perspective. Um, and I loved the story that Dr. David told in the book that... Again, going back to this couple in the first chapter, so the husband is high desire sexually and the wife is low desire sexually. And yet when it comes to the household chores, she is high desire and he is low desire. Right. And so when he started to relate to her, you know, how she feels when he doesn't help and this kind of stuff, she saw, they were both able to see the reverse of their sexual relationship. Right. And so it put that sexual relationship in perspective and it also put the household relationship in perspective to say, oh. Mm -hmm. So when I nag him for not picking up his clothes or for not doing the dishes or whatever, it's kind of like when he's nagging me to have sex. Oh, it's the same thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. We both have desires for different areas of our lives. But the whole nagging thing, pestering, Whatever you, whatever you do to try and get what you want mm-hmm. doesn't work regardless of you know what the issue is. Right. Because whoever the low desire person is, they're the ones that control it. And, that's, and that is a key takeaway that we got from this book. Right. The low desire spouse controls. And so what Elise and I have done, as she already mentioned, you know, our intimacy lifestyle. 
But let's go over a couple of things that we talk about in our book that I think that have also helped us mm-hmm. along the way so that we don't get frustrated with ourselves, so that we can stay on task and we can be on the same page. So if you want to pick up our book, you can go to oneextraordinarymarriage.com. It's called Strip Down, 13 Keys to Unlocking Intimacy in Your Marriage. You can get a soft cover, you can get ebook, you can get audiobook, any of them. But number one, calendar it. Put it on the calendar. Again, this is sexual intimacy we're discussing, but this could go to other areas, right? Absolutely. Lots of you keep telling us we want to get out on a date nights or date days. Well, calendar it. Put it on the calendar. If laundry needs to get done, just put it on the calendar. And it's a day that you guys know it's going to get done. For us, laundry is one of those things. And if you guys have kids, it seems like it just explodes. I don't understand it. But I think we start laundry now on Friday night and it gets done on Sunday. That's so, in the midst of doing everything else, too. Yeah, that's in the midst of doing it. But it's just amazing to me that how long it takes us to do laundry anymore. But calendar it. Put it down and stick to it. Mm-hmm. Stick to it. To it. Now, if you can't pick one day, do like Elise and I do. You know, have three days each week where you get to pick one time. And I actually recommend that from a sexual standpoint over just picking one specific day because it gives you a leeway. Yeah. Life happens. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Right. But if you need to get started, absolutely. And this is, you know, if you're telling me, hey, Tony and Elisa, we're only having sex once a month which is basically a sexless marriage by definition, then I would be like, okay, well, every Wednesday, then you guys are coming to bed and you guys are making it happen. You know, if that's what you need to do, take the lead. Mm -hmm. Take the lead. This is another big area that has helped us dramatically. Me being the high desire, it is nice that I know Elisa is going to take the lead once a week. And now, for us guys, here's the thing that I'm learning as well. For me, for Elisa to take the lead means she's coming to bed pretty much naked. Maybe, you know, a nice little thong underwear, um, high heels. To me, that's like take the lead. That's like, right. And then she's going to jump me. Maybe she's going to bust out the handcuffs or something like that. Let's get crazy. That's This is his fantasy. Yes, but this is what I'm thinking in my mind. Okay. But uh, for Elisa, take the lead for Elisa and I'm learning this, is more throughout the day. It's the little touches. It's the brushes up against me. It's the, hey, you're looking really good today. It's, you know, I love the way your hair looks. It's the, the hugs. That's her take the lead. And I've had to understand that because I've always wanted her to just be like, let's get it on. And she's just like swinging off, you know, the pull-up bar in, in the garage and we're having a great time. So that's just a heads up. <laughs> and, she, and she knows I make comments about that all the time, especially uh, when we're working out. Yeah. She won't take me up on that offer yet. Yeah. Change of scenery is another one. Mm-hmm. Get outside your bedroom for both of you guys. For goodness sakes, change it up. Find some different places. Find, find something, a new position. That will work for the both of you. For a date night or a date day, change it up. Go somewhere different. S- stop going to out just to a restaurant and a movie and not talking to each other. Man, dudes, go make a picnic and go take your wife out to a cool little park and set it up. Watch the sunset. 
get the babysitter set up for her. All right? I mean, these are things that you can do that will help you, I believe, because it's helped Elisa and I in many ways. Like, this month is my month to take the lead when it comes to our date night. So it's my time to take the lead, get the babysitter set up, do something different, change it up, you know? And as we have done this and gone through this for four years now, there has been a change in our marriage. It didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen even in the first year. There are little changes that were made. But mm-hmm. now, looking back four years, we can definitely see these changes. Right. And they're monumental. They're big. They're to the point that when we're around people, they notice. And they're going, well, how did you do that? Well, and it's, you know, being the low desire spouse, that hasn't changed mm-hmm. in the last four years. But what has changed is how I'm better able to to satisfy Tony and how I'm better able to express myself sexually. Mm-hmm. Staying true to who I am. Yes, most definitely. But still adding to our marriage. Right. You know, and so you can be, I mean, let's face it, you can both want to have sex, you know, seven times a week but one of you might be pushing for eight the the one that only wants seven that's the low desire spouse i mean so when you're looking at this you could point you know it, it's all relative but in our marriage you know by taking the lead by having our intimacy lifestyle by saying you know what yes my take the lead may look differently than what tony would would love to have but he accepts me for who I am and what I am able to do. Mm-hmm. And that has made all the difference because when you're accepted for who you are and where you are in your marriage, that's not to say that we don't still push the boundaries. That's not to say that we still don't do crazy stuff where we're like, oh, you know, kids are gone, living room, or, you know, daytime, lights on, middle of the day, whatever it is you know, we're still being true to who we are mm-hmm. and taking that that desire level and enhancing our marriage with it. Right. Yep, I agree. You agree. <laughs> so let's do some, uh, I don't know, is that pretty much the podcast? Yeah, can we, can we share Chuck's email? Yeah, and I also want to share Carrie's real quick. Okay. Because I don't know what this is. Hey, so any of you guys who've been listening and just have come on board maybe and have gone through some of the, the back issues. Elisa and I can't remember what this issue is, but uh, Carrie is looking for the podcast where the majority of the podcast was a letter we had read from a listener that he and his wife were getting a divorce primarily because he had taken his wife and family for granted. So if you've come across that recently and you remember which episode that is, could you Email that to us, info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com or yeah, just do it to info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. That would be great. So we can try to get this to Carrie or just throw it up on Facebook and um, I'll get it over to her as well. Appreciate that, you guys. And I also wanted to, um, I just want to share, I love getting these updates from Chuck and um, I'm just going to read it because he tells who he is. Right, right. And if you want to hear Chuck's big story of, 
where they've come from episode 100 that was our listener feedback and he we go over chuck's and he email talks there. about it here too yeah he says hello tony and lisa i am the man who emailed you in december for your 100th podcast to let you know that my wife and i had gone from a sexless marriage to um well great intimacy i just wanted to give you an update and tell of an event that is illuminating uh, if you recall for several years we slept apart because i had to sleep in our living room recliner due to my arthritis as I told you, we bought a system of bed wedges that allow me to sleep next to my wife in a recliner position, and I've been upstairs with, uh, I've been sleeping upstairs in my bed for a year now. As I told you in my last emails, the time that we spend together is our, in our room is special to us. I've discovered that it has apparently become sacrosanct in my wife in my wife's eyes. The other day was kind of an off day for both of us. You know about those, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, we probably have a lot more than you do because every time we read about Chuck and his wife. Um, or Chuck shares with us. Holy cow. I hope we're going that strong at 60. He's 61. He's 61. Let's see. What with the shopping trip going wrong for me and something else bothering her that night thinking I was cross with her. She asked me if I'd been upset and hearing that I wasn't, she said that she was going upstairs. That's our code. And see, I love codes, love codes. Every couple needs to have a few of them, but going upstairs is their code for I'm getting the bedroom ready, lighting the candle, putting on music, and getting into something bedroomy. See you in about, or be there in 10 minutes. In response, I jokingly said, maybe it might be best for me to sleep here in the recliner. Now catch this, guys and the gals. She whipped around and snapped at me. Oh, no, you don't. You get your booty upstairs to my bed. Who knew that 61-year-old grandmothers even knew the word booty, much less used it? Those are his words, not mine. Mm-hmm. My response, I saluted, of course, and said, yes, sir. Later, as we were lying in bed, sharing our time before sleep, she said to me, if you really are in pain, you can sleep in the recliner if you need to. Otherwise, you are to come upstairs to be with me. Back in December, you spoke in almost heroic terms about how I struggled through the pain to be with my wife. Let me tell you, it's not seen as heroic around here. Around these parts, it's not a heroic effort. It's a given. I am going to go upstairs at the end of the day. You got that, mister? It's a must. And it's going to happen. No excuses. I get no points for being heroic or devoted. And catch this, because this is probably, um, this is the heart of this message. You see, it's our lifeline. I'm pretty sure that my wife's reaction to the joking about sleeping downstairs was motivated by remembrance of the years of emotional separation we experienced Mm. and a fear of that ever returning. That's our time when we can shut the world out to be alone and to reconnect emotionally and physically, intimately. It has become so vital to us that it is not to be messed with or even joked about, apparently. I think we've gone beyond instituting intimacy to institutionalizing intimacy. That time, be it 30 minutes or two hours, and then he puts in parentheses, yeah, it happens, is the best part of our day for the both of us and has made us so desire each other that the daily routine of our retiring at the ni- for the night is a right, spelled R-I-T-E. Emphasize, emphasize that it's not a right as in a privilege, but a right as in a ritual um, that is holy in our eyes. Yes, there's the fun part of all this intimacy that spills into our days, the smiles, the touching, the quick kisses, the winks, the clever innuendos and hints that aren't fooling anyone. Um, and then this is cute too. He says, when your stay at home daughter tells your son when he's home on leave, I'm telling you, it's like bunnies around here. You realize you're not fooling anyone. 
But above this is the love and desire that we have for each other to possess, to please, and to be pleasing to the one whom my soul loves. That intimacy has been built by the time that we have set aside to be with each other for the other si- for the other's sake. So while it may seem that I heroically drag my hip to our bedroom, let me just say that it's not. It's not heroic or noble. If I didn't do it, I would be in so much more misery, and so would my wife. Breathing isn't heroic. It's normal and necessary. Intimacy with my wife is just as necessary and vital, and it's normal. Intimacy is that needful to our marriage that it's not a sacrifice to do something to achieve it. It's a must. It's from Chuck. And, um, mm, awesome. Uh, there's really not a lot to say after Chuck writes us because he he hits the nail on the head. Yeah. You know, the effort that he and his wife have made to, uh, yeah, I love the, I love the phrase that he uses, institutionalized intimacy, that they, this is, this is just what is. Yep. In their marriage. And I think we could all take a lesson or two from that, you know, in spite of arthritis and, you know, whatever, you know, bad days that we all have and we've all got physical ailments and we've all got stuff going on. But every day, they spend that 30 minutes to two hours, wink, wink, um, connecting. Mm-hmm. And, and they have made that sacred time in their marriage. And you think about, you think about all the rest of us. And you think about what would happen if we all took that time. Mm-hmm. If we invested that time in our marriages how would that impact not just our marriage but all of the relationships around us because let's face it when you whatever your desire level is you know bring it back to what we're talking about if you if you spend that time making your spouse be the most important person on earth to you how can that not have everlasting repercussions right so chuck thank you for sharing this um we love getting your emails we love how um your words touch so many when we're able to share them on the air and how you just sum up you know what this focus on intimacy is supposed to be about i mean you guys you guys rock i mean there's Mm -hmm. just no other word for it and you know, you give the rest of us is something to look forward to in our 60s. That's right. I just got to say, I mean, you know, as we come up on our next uh, seven days of sex challenge in May, you know, I, I have to say it. And, you know, every time we have the older couples, those that have been married, you know, many, many 30, more years than years. us. And I got to tell you, it's like, you know, it's like reading the, you know, the emails from your favorite aunt and uncle going, jeez. I want to be like that when I grow up. Yeah. You know, I want to have that kind of sex life when I'm in my sixties. You know, I don't want to be like the women that I talk to who are like, yeah, we don't. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you're the kind of couple I want to be like. And I think there are a lot of listeners to the show that want to be like Chuck and his wife. And it takes time. It takes time. I mean, they have invested in their marriage, right? They have made it a point this is a year-long plus transformation for them that you're reading. Yeah, and listening. so don't 
don't think if this is the first time you've heard the story about Chuck and his wife that, you know, this is a couple that has been fired on all cylinders throughout their marriage. That is not the case. Right. But there are a couple who didn't give up. There are a couple who said there had to be a better way. Right. And, and we're going to, you know, I mean, they've, they've clawed their way. You based on the emails that we've, I mean, it has taken a lot of effort Mm-hmm. to get yeah. to this point but I love how she whipped around and said oh no you don't mm-hmm. you get your booty upstairs and that that demonstrates the desire that they both have yeah for intimacy in their marriage and that's what we hope for you guys and you know start thinking about May um, we are going to be you know finalizing here in the next couple of weeks the details for this May 7 day of sex challenge yeah because we're almost into April we're almost into April I so, know we gotta, so pull, we'll we gotta pull out the calendar We'll figure that out. We got to calendar it. And for all of you out there, you have a success story you want to share, you hit us up. You can hit it to info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. If you are having an issue and you don't want it to be shared, please feel free to email us because we don't share everything. We get loads of emails that you guys never hear from. I will tell you this. You email us, we're going to shoot you straight. We're not here to appease you. We're not here to please you. We're not here to brush things aside. Mm-hmm. I'm just letting you know that up front, guys. And I say it because I love you. We love you. And it's too much, too long that people are going to just appease you so you can hear what you want to hear. We're going to tell you the truth. We're going to tell you the truth and we're going to shoot you straight. And do believe and do know that Elisa and I read your messages. And if we don't get back to you right away, sometimes we got to just sit in prayer and mm-hmm. think it through. But do know when we send you back and when we respond back, it's in love. All right? So hit us up. You can hit me at Ask Tony at One Extraordinary Marriage. Elisa is Ask Elisa at One Extraordinary Marriage.com. You can even call us 858 876 5663 pick up our book you're going to love it hundreds and hundreds of couples have enjoyed it and i know you will too and you'll get loads out of it with that we hope you guys have a fantastic week rock it keep us informed of what's happening with you guys on facebook and we'll talk to you next week love you guys <laughs>